So as we look at those uh, two passages, um, there are a few truths that we see from there, and then that's what I um, just want uh, to have a quick discussion about. So here's some stuff if you, um, so here are a couple truths. Um, number one, what uh, Jesus is saying in this parable, right, is wisdom is knowing what God, Jesus says, and integrating his teaching into our life. Right, so wisdom is knowing what God and Jesus are saying, integrating his teaching into our life. So we're, if we're to be wise, that's what that looks like. Second thing is in our day-to-day life, we're building a house through our actions and decisions. Does it feel like that, right? As you're going throughout your day, does it feel like you're, you're building something? I would say probably doesn't, right? And so our attitude is going to dictate. But what Jesus is telling us is if you didn't know, you are. And so that's helpful information for us. The third truth uh, the passage says is that the the house that he's talking about, our life, can be founded on a rock which will hold the house up regardless of what happens or it will be uh, built on sand which will not hold the house up and is no foundation. The fourth thing is that rain, floods, and wind will come into your life unexpectedly and, and it will come for everybody. And then lastly, what happens to your house in the midst of these things will reveal your founda- what your foundation is and if the house you're building will remain or will have to start over um, if the uh, storm takes your house. All right, so why uh, does Jesus uh, make these comments? Why does he care about us, about us understanding like what a foundation looks like, particularly right in your um, age and stage of life? Uh, what do you think, what do we have a tendency not to be aware of um, as you view kind of friends around you, just other uh, younger people? Why do you think Jesus wants to speak into what a, uh, about our foundation that we're building our life on? What do you think? Just real quick. What's our tendency? What do we struggle with? Okay. Easy road, lazy, yep. Okay, one more. What's our tendency? If he's telling us that there are, that you, uh, the way you live your life, you are building some sort of house and the foundation, right, is very important. What else is he speaking into as far as tendency? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I agree with that. All right, so I would say, I would put it, uh, I think you cover these, but I would put uh, what you're saying in kind of two different ways. First off, it's, it's sometimes that we're not able to tell what our foundation is that we're counting on. So, right, so all of us, if we're not going to slip into despair, right, at some level have a, uh, something that we're counting on. Like we're, we're, whatever happens, like I can count on this, right? It could be our family. It could be uh, some nest egg that we have <laughs> uh, squirreled away. Um, but we're not really sure what that is. Um, so if somebody says like, I can say what my foundation is, but I really need it to be revealed to me because I may not know. And the second thing is, regardless of what that foundation is, he's saying that we should build it on Christ, right? But, but how, how do I do that? I mean, that sounds nice, right? But what, what would, what would it look like to do something? And so I want to, um, for you to maybe uh, kick this around your tables or just uh, write some notes, whatever is helpful for you, because I'm just basically going to ask you three questions that are going to help us understand where our foundation is, okay? All right, so the first one is, all right, you guys have gone through hard things, yes? (laughs) So uh, whenever you go through uh, hard times or trouble, 
Okay, where do you run? All right, when you have uh, a hard day, okay, when something wasn't the best, okay, what do you go and do? And so sometimes it is to people, right, to a particular person or people. Sometimes it's to stuff. But what is it, right, that you run to when you're having a hard time? All right, and so what are... Uh, what are some of those? What are some of those things? And so, not you don't need to necessarily answer for yourself. But what are some things that what do, what do people do? Answer for other people. You've seen it's harder to to introspect on yourself, tell on yourself. What do you see other people running to when they have a hard time? Not like earth shattering uh, stuff, but like just just regular hard stuff. Josh. Okay, grumbling and complaining. Why do they, what does that reveal? Yeah, they're just angry. And so I'm just going to, when I'm angry, I, I yell about stuff. What else? What else do you see people do around you when things are hard? Yeah, sleep. I haven't seen that person for three weeks. I don't, what are they doing? They're just kind of holed up somewhere, right? <laughs> uh, what else? Yeah, yeah, right. Just uh, filling ourselves with distractions, right? Video games, Netflix, um, social media, just whatever. Like I'm, I just I don't have to think about things. Wait, one more thing. What do people run to when things get hard? Have you ever noticed that people just like run to other people? Hey, let me tell you all my problems. Hey, please, please fix these problems. Tell me what to do. You see this over and over again. And so what this question will ask, where do you run when things get harder, having trouble, reveals who you trust, right, practically. So if I, uh, if I run uh, to grumbling and complaining, what, what's the underlying thing that I think that will help? Like, what am I trusting in? That somebody will commiserate with me? Like somebody will agree that, hey, this is terrible. <laughs> and so I'm trusting that that will make me feel better. Right? Please agree with me. Let me tell you again and again and again, like why this is terrible. What about, uh, what is somebody trusting in when they're like, you know what, I just kind of want to numb out whatever insert thing that numbs you out. What are they, uh, what are they trusting in? Everyone should know. Everyone does this at some level. What, what is it that they're trusting in? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to deal with it. I'll just put it off as long as I can. So if I can just kind of keep myself busy, keep myself numbed. I don't have to deal with it. All right. So that's really helpful. So think about for yourself, where do I run when things get harder? I'm having trouble. That reveals who I trust. Second question, what assumptions uh, do I have um, that my decision making is based on? Right. So think about again, if whatever I decide to do, right, decide to uh, go to school or to work, decide to live here, or he, this, what, this, I live here, there, go to, um, go to this thing or that thing. Um, what are my assumptions uh, that I base my decisions on? So what are some like really basic assumptions that people have um, that they uh, base decisions on? And I can give examples if you need them. So what are some, what are some basic things that people uh, believe that they uh, base their decisions on? Comfort, okay. I want to be as comfortable as possible, right? And so I'm going to make my decisions on not ever being uncomfortable. Absolutely. 
Right, we want to minimize discomfort. What else? A couple more. Easiness. Yeah, okay. Easiness, I don't like hard things. <laughs> hard things are bad, <laughs> right? So I want to, uh, I want to do things uh, that cause me uh, the least amount of grief and I don't have to fail. One more thing. What are, what's another assumption? Cost? Yeah. So how much is this going to cost me and is it worth it? Great. Here's a few other that I have, uh, that I have seen. Um, that I think my friends are more important than my parents, right, in a particular situation. So these are not like good or bad. I'm just talking to you about like assumptions. Okay, that's true. Um, maybe school takes precedent over spiritual community or vice versa. Uh, my emotions take precedent over truth. Like regardless, it is how I'm feeling. And so it doesn't really matter what I'm supposed to be doing, right? And then lastly, fear takes precedence over obedience. Thinking about like, you know what you should do, but I'm just too scared, and so it's okay. I don't need to do the hard thing. And so when we think about whatever your assumptions are that you're continually making uh, decisions on, this is really good for you to think through. Like, what are my driving uh, principles in making a lot of my decisions? So a lot of them is cost, right? It's ease, it's comfort, right? It's fear. Um, there could be, there's, there's lots of positive things, but those are some things that I see. Um, and so I think that that's really helpful for me to ask because I don't think about it. They're just kind of in there. And then there's one more um, question I want you to ask yourself revealing kind of where our foundation is. Is that if I took away your biggest visible thing in your life, so if like the thing you spend the most time with, if it's, if it's work, right? So if, I, if I'm not, for, for me, if I'm not, a, a pastor here, right? Who am I, right? What would that reveal? Would my life drastically change, okay? Um, and so what if we took away the biggest visible thing, um, what type of life is left, okay? So this is talking about our identity. And so this is probably the hardest thing for us to see because how many of you would, would agree with the fact that whatever you see your identity in, in a particular time, because sometimes like, sometimes you might see it in three different times. I'm over at my folks' house and I feel like a son or a daughter, right? That's my identity today as I'm sitting there enjoying their company. Or I'm doing a bunch of homework and I identify as a student, right? Or there might be a time where I identify as a Christian. But what we see our identity in Okay, is going to um, allow us to bless our activities. So what I mean by that is there's times when here, here I'm doing something that maybe I think if, uh, let's say if my identity was Christian all the time and I'm doing something, right, that, that being, seeing myself as a Christian uh, as it relates to my identity, I would not bless what I was doing. But if I'm a student or if I identify myself as X, Y, or Z, that allows me, right, to bless the activity that I'm doing. Does that make sense? And so, um, so I think that this is a real thing that we don't think about, right? That, the, that, that our identity, right, is going to anchor where we, is reveals, um, like, that, that how we define ourselves, basically the, the things that we do the most a lot of times defines ourselves and it allows us to continue doing things that we may not otherwise do. Right, so if you were to take away school, who are you? Right, we see this a lot with gradu uh, just recently graduated uh, 
uh, college folks, right? Okay, I've, I've been a student for 22 years. Who am I? <laughs> um, if, if you couldn't watch TV, play video games, look at your phone, what would you do with your time? If you didn't have your job or group of friends, how would you define yourself? And so the last bit that I see a lot, um, and, I, and I felt like this at some points when I was in college, right, is that how I define myself, I let myself off the hook. So something I've heard more times than I would care to count, and I probably said this myself, while I'm in college, I'm not supposed to have it figured out yet, right? Have you said, have you heard friends say that this week? <laughs> have you said that this week? I haven't. So these three questions, I think, are helpful for us then in revealing right, what it looks like for where our foundation is. Because if I don't know, then the parable here or any of Jesus' teaching uh, aren't helpful to me. And so um, as we close, I just want to make a couple comments on a few things. So as we talk about how do I know what my foundation is, those three questions will reveal it. But then um, as they reveal uh, my foundation... Then, and I want to make Jesus more of a foundation as he's asking me to, then what does that look like? And so here's the statement that I want you to, um, to take away today. That Jesus should be our basis for authority, for decision-making, and for general activity. And there's a, um, there's a philosophical concept uh, called fixity. Has anybody ever heard that word? It's a fun to say, fixity. What would you assume this means? It means exactly what you think it would mean. The concept of fixity. And it's something that we need to establish because we struggle with, right, uh, being fixed in our thinking and anchored. So what, we, what would it mean for you to be fixed in your life right now? Caleb, what would it mean for you to be fixed? Huh? Not worry or doubt? Okay, somebody else. What would that mean for you to be fixed? Yeah, not constantly change your mind. Excellent. One more. Drew, what do you think? Say again. What would it mean for you to be fixed, right? Yeah. Not constantly changing the things that you're pursuing. I think those are all really, really helpful. Right, so this idea of fixity is the state of being unchanged or permanent. And so this is what Jesus is arguing for, right? He's encouraging us to see, he says, hey, you're building your life, but do, are you building it on something that is constant, right? And so as you've lived in this world, you know uh, a couple truths, that nothing is constant, right? The weather, your friends, <laughs> your mood, your emotions, Right? Nothing is constant, and so God, uh, Jesus is teaching us that the only thing that you know to be constant right, is me, right, and my things. And so if we were to think about what would it look like for me to move from being infinitely flexible in every area of my life, right? <laughs> what would it then look like for me to be fixed, right, or for certain areas of my life to be solidified? And so here's where I want to want to end with you, and I had just have one verse after this. Is that if we were to understand what it looked like to anchor our lives to Christ, right, to build a foundation on Him, and I'll define that what that looks like as we close. 
it would it would mean that um, that my identity would be solidified for eternity, right? That I'm a I'm a son or daughter of His forever, regardless of what uh, who my friends are, right? How I feel that day, what my job is, right? Who my roommate is, like that is my identity, and it and it makes everything easier, right? Because um, I've uh, Renee, I've talked about this and I've shared this with you as the Lord has grown me up in himself. If I, were to, if I were to stop being a pastor tomorrow, my actually life would not change that much. The only thing that would change would be what I'd do from 9 to, to 11 and maybe from about 1.30 to 5. Because someone else would have my time during that time. But every lunch, every breakfast, every evening is the Lord's. I've lived like that for 25 years. And so, because my, and I had to learn to do that, though, that is my identity. So, if he calls me to sell cogs, or I'm a referee in some league, <laughs> or I'm just, you know, working uh, just some hourly job, right? That none of those things define me because my life, right, and the things that I'm about will not change. Just those times when I've got to give that to my, to some sort of job, right? It solidifies our identity, and, and not just for a week, for eternity. So if we concentrate on this, on this foundation, also uh, solidifies who our authority is for eternity. How many authority, if you had to write down some names of people that are authorities in your life, how long would that list be? And what I mean by that is people that you give power to. People that you listen to, that like when they say something, right, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something about it. And Jesus says there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing necessarily wrong with having some multiple authorities, but none of those authorities should be in my place. Like, I am the person, right, that should be foremost in who you listen to and who you follow and who you uh, obey. As we do this, it would solidify who we trust. How many of you guys struggle with trusting people? Right, that's why we, the same friends that we have, right, we like we want to hang on to them as long as it's humanly possible, Amen. Because it's hard to trust. And when we lose trust, what happens? What happens to you and, and uh, your worldview when there's a, there is a person that you trusted and that person's gone? What happens? Shatters. Yeah. You wouldn't think of that. Like, you'd never thought about that till right now. Like, it's not something we go around hoping, oh, I hope, uh, hope I don't lose somebody's trust. But when we do... Right? It unsettles everything because we see that they're kind of a pillar for our life. Here's this one person or these couple people that I can trust. And God says, I'm actually the only person that you should trust. Right? I'm the only person that's trustworthy, and that trustworthiness is for eternity. So as we close, if you look at one more scripture, it's Psalm 71.3. Psalm 71.3, and I'll read this. Be to me a, uh, this is a psalmist crying out to God. It says, be to me a rock of habitation to which I may continually come. You have given commandment to save me for you are my rock and my fortress. And if you need something to meditate on, I really would encourage you to meditate and chew on that. If you've never meditated, I would encourage you basically write that down in a notebook, type it in your phone. And as often as you can, look at it, read it, and consider what it means. And consider what it would look like for that to be your call for life.
Is anybody else's Bible, if you're, if you're looking at it, say anything besides the word habitation there? Does anybody have a different word? Refuge. Refuge. Somebody else says something? Same? Okay. Be to me a rock of habitation. So this is a rock of dwelling. So this is really exactly what, what it, the parable is talking about. Right? This is the rock that I dwell on. This is, this is, my life is based on this. If this rock fails, it'll fall. But if this rock doesn't fail, like my life is my life. He says, be to me a rock of habitation. Is that something that you want? Do you want to have right, a, a life that you don't have to, uh, that's based on a person that you can trust, right? that can be your authority, that won't let you down? He continues, you have given commandment to save me. Um, how many of you like listening to other people? I think I've asked this in the past couple of weeks. Um, anybody like it as, uh, as least as I do? Who thinks they like it, uh, like listening to others less than me? <laughs> You're like, probably, but I'm not going to say. But why, why do we not like listening to other people? Like, tell me, you, you have very strong opinions about this real quick as we close. Why do we think that, Josh? That's exactly right. Okay. Okay. So we think that we're authority. We're better than them to, to gauge. All right. Anybody else want to add to that? I know you have strong opinions about this, about why you shouldn't listen to other people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's actually a good one. All right. A couple more. Why are you so hard? To um, why don't we want to listen to other people? Okay. Okay. Ethan, you had a you had a thought cooking. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What was the what was the easiest way for you to roll your eyes? Right. You did something wrong. Mom and dad comes up to you, and as soon as they start talking, you're like, I'm. You know, I'm out. <laughs> like you're busted. You you understand that you, what you did is wrong, but you don't want to hear about why it was wrong or what you should do next time. Amen, right? Why do we do that? Like that particular thing, right? It's because right. I've heard it all before, and I didn't want to listen before either, and I don't want to listen now. And that, and I think that that is the crux of our struggle is because it really is this issue of authority that until such point as I find myself an uncredible judge, <laughs> right, that I'm going to have a hard time listening to somebody else. I may have asked this even before, but it bears repeating as much as you'll let me ask it, right? Do you have any evidence to the contrary that you're a really bad judge? of like what to do at any given time. Right, this was revolutionary for me when I was not wanting to listen to what the Lord was saying to me. And he asked me, Rob, uh, what's the evidence that you can tell me what to do based upon like your track record? Now let's pull out all your decisions on the table and let's see how all that stuff went. 
And he smiled at me. He's like, what'd you think? <laughs> failure, colossal failure, really, really terrible failure. Ooh, that one really hurt, right, as I go down my list. And, uh, and, and he smiled back at me. And it was like, I understand that you think that you understand what, that you think you know what you're doing, but all the evidence, there's so much evidence to the contrary. I need you uh, to, to be like done with your own decision making. And so I want you to hear that today, that that is God is trying to say as gently as possible. Because until, right, as long as we think that we're better guides for our life, we are not going to let him guide our life. Do you agree with that? I see it every day. I struggle with it still to this, uh, I struggle with it still daily. But that it really is what he's talking about as it relates to building a foundation. And here, here's the, here's the kind of the close is when we talk about building a foundation on God, it's not like this nebulous thing that I like say, but when we, when he's talking about building a foundation, it's talking about building a foundation on his teaching, right? I have a way that I think life should be lived through the myriad of things that come at me on a daily basis, history, uh, worldview, those types of things. And Jesus is saying, I get all that, but all that is really crappy. Here is how I think you should live. Remember, I created you. I'm the person that cares about you enough to die on the cross for you. Like, believe me <laughs> when I say, like, I know better. And that really is the crux, right, of what he is talking to us about, about building our house on the rock. That he won't, he's not going to change his mind about how to live life. He's not going to tell you uh, in 10 years, tell you something different like that. That truth is like, that's it. And it will never change and it has never changed. Uh, Father, I thank you uh, just for allowing us to um, have some intimate time this morning um, just to talk about where our foundation lies. And Lord, I pray uh, over the next couple of days if um, folks are, have the um, Labor Day Monday off, uh, Father, that you would just give rest and refreshment. Uh, Lord, uh, whatever we're going into, Father, I pray that uh, this would be uh, a space uh, that we can uh, think about um, where, where our foundation lies, how we can solidify that, and Lord, uh, we can make it more and more of a foundation of you. Um, so, because we want to be realistic about what that looks like, and we want you to teach us what that looks like, because we don't know. And so, Father, give us a vision uh, for life in you, for you as our foundation, and for us to flourish in the way that you ask us, uh, that you say in your word, that life with you is abundant. And so, Lord, we want to know and figure out what that means for us individually. Lord, we love you and we thank you in Christ's name.